You're listening to Artisan Hackers, the podcast dedicated to the communities building and using new digital tools of creation. We talk to programmers, artists, poets, musicians, bot makers, educators, students, and designers in an effort to critically look at both online art making and the history of technology and the internet. We're interested in where we've been and speculative ideas on the future. I'm your host, Lee Tussman. Our guest today is Thea Flowers of Winterbloom. Winterbloom produces new open source modular synth hardware modules for making music. These are devices that can do things like make far out space synth sounds, act as a mixer or an audio sampler. The world of synthesizers has a huge number of companies. Thea's Winterbloom stands out for its beautiful design, but perhaps even more notably, its commitment to creating beginner friendly tutorials and using a hackable CircuitPython codebase, a friendly language for easily writing software for hardware projects. How did you get into making music hardware? I've been tinkering with music stuff for most of my life now. Um, I used to just, I used to be the person responsible for restringing and managing all of our guitars when I was in a band. And I always liked to tinker with MIDI stuff and things like that. And then at some point I just decided, Hey, this seems like something I might want to do a little bit more of and kind of like slowly walked up to it and then jumped off the cliff kind of with, with music technology. And you manufacture Eurorack uh, music making hardware. What, what's Eurorack? <laughs> so Eurorack is this niche of a niche. Um, it is a format for modular synthesizers. So um, most people are familiar with, you know, a typical synthesizer that is like a, a big keyboard um, that makes all noise by itself. A modular synthesizer is a very like strange parallel universe version of that, basically. Um, instead of one monolithic thing, you have several distinct modules that you can patch together using audio cables. These modules can communicate with each other and change the way that the sound is formed and shaped and created and generated and processed. It's really, really neat. How did you get into your rack? Were you, did you have a background in making like electronic music and things like that or some other route? I was just interested in building some like synthesizer stuff, basically. I initially started doing Eurorack just because it was a way for me to make smaller, discrete projects instead of trying to tackle an entire giant monolithic synthesizer by myself. So that's kind of why I got into modular. It was kind of like, okay, I can experiment with these little building blocks instead of having to learn all the skills to make a complete synthesizer with thousands of parts. And the first module that you started making and then selling, I believe, was a kit um, the big honking button is is that right? Yeah. Um, so we did big honking button and soul at the same time. I'd actually developed soul first, and then on a whim, <laughs> like a month before I released soul, I ended up designing big honking button. So big honking button was very much designed in like a week. Can you describe how they work? Uh, I mean, I love the name big honking button. Like, what is that? <laughs> Like I mentioned with your rack, there's a, modules that do a bunch of different specific tasks. And for Big Honking Button, what it actually is, is a sampler. It's, it will play back a sample that you have stored on it. Um, I've dressed it up in a very fun package, which is an arcade button. And by default, when you 
get it out of the box and you plug it into your synthesizer. Pressing that arcade button will cause it to honk at you. And you can take that sample that's being played back and you can patch it through the rest of your synthesizer and process it and do all kinds of interesting stuff with it. And the intent was always for people to replace that default sample with something else. But I have been incredibly surprised at how many people keep the default one or like have one that keeps the default one and have another one for other things. It's so funny to me, but people love people love to have a, a goose honk in their synthesizer. From the beginning, you've been selling these as kind of complete modules that people can buy to start using, but also as kits, something that someone with a little bit of soldering experience can pick up and, and solder and build it themselves and then make music with it. How did you get into you know, kind of manufacturing and selling kind of kits as opposed to just like a complete product? Why was that important to you? It's important to me that anyone can approach this at whatever level they want. Because, you know, there's some people who just want to have the thing and use it. There are other people who want to feel like they're involved in it somehow, right? Like they want to have put it together with their own hands. And I want to, you know, help those people out too. And the other thing is that everything we do is open source. So if you don't want to buy a kit from us, you can go and source all the parts yourself and get the PCBs made if you want. I want to support people who are that adventurous as well. And the whole point of all of this is education, right? Like the fact that we sell modules is kind of secondary to the fact that I am running an open source company. And the entire point is that people should be able to learn from the things that I've made. That's that's so cool. Can you can you say a little bit about what open source means to you? Um, your understanding of it and how you got into it. Yeah, um, I've been involved with open source for most of my life now. I learned how to program because of open source, and I've kind of always felt like it just makes sense to me. Um, I contributed to my first open source project when I was fourteen. To me, open source is basically our engineering commons as software engineers and hardware engineers. It is how we share and store and propagate our knowledge, right? And it's empowering in a way that anyone can get to it. Because traditionally, learning about computers or learning about electrical engineering required you to go to a university. And that's not an option for a lot of people, the majority of people, actually. So having these resources on the internet, having open source available to let people learn and use and reuse and feel empowered by is extremely important to me. Yeah. On your website, you have, I mean, you even have a special website just dedicated to sharing code and providing a tutorial, very beginner-friendly tutorials for people that want to modify how your hardware you know, modules work. And um, I noticed it's with CircuitPython. And as far as I know, maybe the first manufacturer making music uh, hardware that uses CircuitPython. Um, can you say a little bit about why you chose that and how you got into it? Yeah, um, I've been using Python for most of my professional career. Um, and I'm obviously a big fan of it. Um, I, When I was first looking at making modules and getting into hardware, um, you know, everyone's played with an Arduino if they've dabbled in hardware at all, right? Or Raspberry Pi. But um, at, at that same time, when I was playing around with things, I saw CircuitPython start to become something that is that was getting a little bit more attention. And it just really sounded awesome to me to be able to give someone a module and they could change the code on it without 
having to install some IDE or some program or some compiler. And that was really compelling to me because with a big honking button, if you want to change the way that it works, you plug it into your computer, it shows up as a flash drive with a code.py file. And you can just edit that in any text editor. And when you hit save, the module reboots and your code is running. And that's kind of a magical experience. So that's that's why I picked CircuitPython. It was easy for me to um, to prototype with, but then it also just gave a very compelling user experience for these you know intentionally open source modules. Okay, I've got the Winter Bloom big honking button plugged into my synthesizer, and I have it also plugged into my computer. I've just made some changes in the code, and I've changed the sound sample. So I've changed it from a honk. Let's see what it sounds like now. I'm going to hit the button. And then I've also made some changes to the code here so that if I send in a different voltage, I get a different sound out. Okay, let's see what that's like. One second, plug this in. Okay, so now I'm plugging it in into some of my other modules to randomize things automatically. Okay, so let's see what that sounds like. Have you seen like the rise of a community around your modules of people kind of remixing, editing, creating code and sharing that? Is that something that you've been working on? For sure. You know, we're obviously not like a gigantic open source community like Linux or anything, but um, I often tell people that I don't have customers, I have collaborators. And especially for something like Big Honking Button and Soul, which both run CircuitPython, like people have contributed example code for Big Honking Button and Soul. For example, you know, Big Honking Button plays back one sample, but you can change the code so that it plays back a random sample. People have like made a code example that does like a burst generator so that when you press the button, it plays back several several samples in sequence, which is really, really cool. And people have written stuff for Soul that integrates it with different audio software um, like Ableton Live and Bitwig Studio. So yeah, I mean... I, I see people contributing a lot to this just because they are using this for their use case. And because I've made this open source, they also have a place where they can tell other people about it and make their own stuff open source, right? They're solving their own problems, but at the same time, they're putting it out there so other people can learn from it. And I think that's really, really awesome. For people that are listening and interested, but maybe not sure how to get started, do you have any recommendations of things that people... Um, should look into if they were interested in either in your particular hardware or if they're interested overall in kind of open source music make, making hardware and software? If you're interested in your rack at all, um, a great person to look up is Andrew Wang. He's a, he's a YouTuber. He has a, a producer. He has incredible videos that are introdu introduce you to your rack and all the cool stuff that happens in there. For my particular hardware, of course, you can just go to my website. Uh, everything is there, uh, winterbloom.com. If you're looking to get into building open source hardware, I highly suggest the Adafruit community. So Adafruit is an um, open source hardware company that really does focus on education. And they have a very large, very good community of people that are wonderful to just hang out with and talk to and learn from. Awesome. Thanks so much uh, for speaking with me. Of course. Appreciate it.
You've been listening to Artists and Hackers Art Tools. Our guest today was Thea Flowers, speaking about her open source music hardware company Winterbloom, who produces Big Honking Button and many more open source synthesizer modules. You can find more information on Winterbloom, the Big Honking Button, a transcript of today's episode, and all of our past episodes on our website, artistsandhackers.org. My name is Lee Tussman. Our audio producer is Max Ludlow. Our web design is by Caleb Stone. The music in today's episode is Lost by Meter. And the Eurorack Session 6-2014 Tape Bounce by Russell Ellington Langston Butler. We'll be doing many more segments on our tools. If you have any favorite suggestions or comments, you can always reach out to us by emailing hello at artistsandhackers.org. Tweet us at artisthacking or message us on Instagram at artistsandhackers. If you liked our episode, please let a friend know and please consider leaving us a review on whichever podcast platform you're listening on. Thanks.